Imagine for a minute, you go outside your 15 minute zone, you've exceeded your carbon allowance because you're traveling outside of it as well. You've already traveled for work or, or a wedding or, and you ate a steak that week. So your, your carbon footprint's a little higher. And now you get stopped by the police. They bring up your digital ID and they want to know who you are, where you are and why you're out of your 15 minute zone. And let's keep in mind that in the UK, they are being fined, fined for being outside of their 15 minute zones. My God. What's up, podcast buddies? Um, I'm emotionally spent. I just finished this podcast. Sometimes I record an episode and it takes some time to edit and to release it. But in this case, I just finished this episode and I'm releasing it literally um, within 20 minutes of it being taped. I'm not editing a single thing. I think I edited one little technical glitch in the first 10 seconds of the episode. Um, other than that, this is just raw and real and not just in a technical sense, but in uh, an emotional sense. Um, this woman was on episode 80 and you guys loved it. And I was really excited when she texted me to say, I have some more things to say and I will always have room for this woman. She's so smart. She's so in tune with what's happening globally right now and the last time she was on she talked in depth about what she'd learned reading the book written by Klaus Schwab called The Great Reset and it was mind-blowing because most of us actually haven't read that book I haven't read that book I've read parts of it but I haven't read the entire thing she has and without further ado we're going to jump into this interview um, but I wanted to quickly just say if you are joining me in Toronto for Kid Carson and Friends thank you I'm very excited about that. That's happening on February 25th. There are some still some daytime tickets left. I think today, today is, what's the date today? Today is the 15th of February. So today is actually the last day to buy VIP tickets, which gets you into the nighttime event that we're doing uh, with the speakers and whatnot, have some drinks, some food. Um, but we have a few more days to buy daytime tickets. It's just an incredible event to get all the awake community together and be inspired by some incredible speakers who will help you just level up and lift up your life. We're, we're trying to do events that help us shake off the weirdness of the last couple years. So I've reached out to the most inspiring people for me that I've met over this whole time and getting them together to hit the stage and inspire you. So that's happening in Toronto at the Westin Harbor Castle. Details at kidcarson.com. Then we're doing two more. Calgary, April 1st. And then back in Vancouver, where we hosted our very first one back in November. And that's happening on May 27th. So kidcarson.com for all the info to buy tickets. I'm just so grateful to hang out with you guys in person. It's sort of a really fun, inspiring, emotional, uh, but uplifting day. So we'll see you there in Toronto on February 25th. Okay. Let's do this. Oh, oh, and real quick, sorry, one more thing. <laughs> While I've got your attention, I am launching my High Vibers Club. This is my second attempt at an online community. The first one I did, I had the Kid Carson app, and, you know, it sort of, because it was free and open to everyone, it did bring a lot of the people full of angst who wanted a place to dump all their fears. So we ended up shutting down that app, and now we've got a brand new community that we're launching and it might already be up and running by the time you listen to this because it should be launched in about a week. But it's basically a high vibers club. So it's the awake people who want to connect, foster friendships, share information, have resources, just build friendships with people who are on the same awake journey as you are, but also want to maintain sort of um, a vibration that's high, that's not depressing because 
the world's going to keep throwing weird stuff at us. We can either get caught in that whirlwind of fear and weirdness, or we can sort of be awake, be aware, but find love and joy and high vibes while connecting with people who get it. So listen, we've been through enough isolation and now it's time to really connect with people who get us. So listen, love you to join us. This is my new thing and I'm putting my entire heart and soul into it. I'm going to be broadcasting live with special guest coaches and we have a whole bunch of fun surprises in there. So we'll see you there. It's Kid Carson's High Vibers Club. Let's get right to it. This is an incredible woman. She's joining us over Zoom as I sit in the lobby of the incredible Paradox Hotel right downtown Vancouver. You can come by in the lobby anytime and tap on the glass and wave at me and see me. She's known as the Freedom Bear. Her name is Serena Winterburn. Hello. <laughs> and there she is. Everyone say hello to the most patient woman in the world. Mwah. There you she know is. I needed those extra 10 minutes anyways. I was I hit uh, my 10,000 um, viewers on Facebook last night. So this morning I needed to do, I said when I hit that, I would do a Q&A at, at Freedom Bear Tells All, if you will. Awesome. And <laughs> so I was doing that and we were just having such a moment. I'm like... I got to go, but I don't want to go. The vibe was so good. So I stayed an extra 15 minutes. And then I saw your message saying you're running late. I was like, whew, okay, it was good. Oh, good. I'm glad that worked out. That's awesome. Congratulations yeah. on 10,000. Thank you. Yeah, I've got awesome. 10,000 on Facebook. And and then, but TikTok is somehow there's 40,000 there. So TikTok's a different, different. Uh, a different beast. Machine. A different beast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got to get on there. Um, well, that worked out well. I have a sick kid at home and mm. he decided to surprise me with um, a pleasant, well, let's just say we have a white couch and I'll just, that's all I'll say, but it was quite the scramble. <laughs> my wife wasn't home and I'm by myself. Ah. I'm like, I'm when my sorry. wife sees this couch. Took, yeah. <laughs> I hope you took as long as you needed because I'm always understanding. I'm yeah. a mom. And so I know what we do, we do for our families. And yeah. so that is always first. And uh, I would always understand that just so Yeah, you know. of course. Well, thank you. Well, listen, yeah. let's dive into it. I can't even remember what we're going to talk about today. Neither can I. <laughs> <laughs> All I know is that whenever you speak, it's just fire and people get so excited. Um, if you want to yeah. check out the first time that we had Serena on the show, you go back to episode 80 and... The feedback on that was just incredible. People loved um, hearing you speak. And mm -hmm. so um, definitely go check out that episode because that's where we sort of really get a good introduction of who you are and your background. Um, so for this episode, we can just dive into yeah. all the craziness well, been, that's going on. Yeah, it's it's been quite a journey. Maybe maybe we can talk from a, a, a then to now if, if you're okay with that a little. Let's do it. Um, what the journey's held since because I think that would have been, what, would that have been summer? Yeah, I think so. Had? Yeah. yeah. And then in the fall, I actually campaigned um, in the municipal elections. I ran for school board trustee. And that was a whole journey unto itself. That was very, very revealing of the insides of what we normalize under under the term of politics and, and the human behavior we engage in and how we justify it um, and call it, well, that's politics. So that was a very, very interesting thing to see what the media had done. They started setting a narrative very early. Um, and there were a lot of people whom had formed through the last few years what they called 
uh, COVID coalitions, and they were the ones who were going around to businesses and uh, videoing them undercover and trying to get them shut down for doing things like honoring um, mask exemptions or staff's personal medical choices or things like this. And so we had these people then really target campaigners, not just here on the island and in the valley I live in, but all across Canada. And so I had the opportunity to Zoom with quite a few different groups of people whom were campaigning from everything from school board trustees to city councils to area directors and mayors and get to share with them, kind of help them to navigate based on what I was learning from my journey, because what was happening in the media it, it was startling. I actually had the Canada Anti-Hate Network do a hit piece on me, as had many other campaigners. Um, and it was as a means to slander our names and discredit us in our campaigns, even though there were zero examples of hate demonstrated or, or quoted, as well as any behaviors noted, because there was no hate. But just simply by doing these articles by the Canada Anti-Hate Network, it had um, it had slandered our voices and tainted our campaigns. It, it was very, very dirty what we saw taking place. But not only that, I had the opportunity that I, I always end up um, being, also jump in when you can, in case you remember, yeah. I, I kind of get long-winded. <laughs> but I actually always end up being in the right place at the t right time and something always comes across my path. And I was sitting in the garage, I had, um, or sorry, I was dropping off a rental car and I was sitting there waiting and somebody had just one page from a newspaper sitting there and I picked it up and it was out of Victoria and it was actually a flyer from the Victoria campus. Um, and they had this newspaper had published this, this flyer that was being circulated around the campus on how to create voter, commit voter fraud using the stats of people who had passed away, how to use Photoshop and that to, which polling station at the campus to come. And if they'd done this, the, those at the polling station would take care of everything else. When they had found and discovered this had been circulating around the campus um, in Victoria, they then published it in the paper in its full entirety. And this to me was startling. So I, I jumped on a live feed and shared about it. And so many people weren't even aware that this was happening. This should have called the whole election in into its integrity into question here. It did not. Um, it was quite interesting. There were things going on like I had put forward in Elections Canada, all candidates need to be invited to the all candidate debates that those are the election rules. I was not invited. Literally at the first all candidate debate, I had to say, where's my seat at this table? Like literally. And then the room was stacked against me. They had groups of people there heckling while I spoke as a, and baiting very, very, I was in the hot seat and, um, trying to bait me to say things that were not what my campaign was about whatsoever. And so um, it was it was quite interesting. I, I don't think they were prepared for the Freedom Bear to be speaking in the halls that she was. But I was just going to say, I mean, they clearly didn't do their research because if there's anyone that's going to be great in the hot seat, it's you. Um, <laughs> I mean, you. that that's one of the top comments I got from our last episode, episode number 80, when you talked about what I learned from reading the book, The Great Reset. People were just mm -hmm. so impressed by they never heard anyone speak so um 
be able to explain such complicated subjects in a nice and easy palatable way for everyone. But these are high level concepts that you were talking about. So I can only imagine them trying to throw you off and then you just looking at them and just spitting fire at them. But if I can it go was, back real quick. Quite amazing. Yeah. I just want to go back. Story. You're talking about how people are attacking you and attacking other and small businesses, businesses and whatnot. Can you go back to this thing you talked about with undercover cameras trying to catch yes. people doing, what was that about? You sort of, yeah, so, so there are all across Canada, there were what they called COVID coalitions, that they were people who were for the mandates. And when people started speaking out about our freedoms and the convoy took place and, and the rallies, they they joined, they they formed these groups that actively were counter-protesters and would go undercover to, to try to get these small businesses um, shut down who say their staff had a, a mask exemption, so they weren't wearing a mask or they were honoring mask exemptions, then they would video them and they were constantly having them um, scrutinized and, and consciously trying to. I, I actually have many, many screenshots of these private conversations that took place um, behind the scenes. And some of the comments that actually were taking place, they were well aware of myself running, what my views were, my po my political views, where I stand with the freedom movement, as well as anyone else whom potentially could be also a freedom advocate or a truth speaker whom had spoken out and that they were campaigning. Now, we weren't campaigning together as we were not running together, but we met on this journey because we're like-minded and, and we're facing the same things. Um, so they actually were very well aware of exactly whom they targeted us as well. They did. They went so far as printing our home addresses in the newspaper after labeling us against things like the LGBTQ plus two community, um, labeling me as a white nationalist, um, <laughs> just just these absolutely absurd things that are are completely untrue about my views, my beliefs and what I stand for. So it was, and and not just me, but many others. It was, it was amazing what took place. It was amazing. But I'm wrapping this, I'm wrapping it around to something because I believe we spoke about when I talked about donut economics, I talked about the inner loop of that donut, which is called our uh, social foundation. And there that we would see um, a lot of things coming in under anti-hate and, and anti-racism, and that there would be a lot of laws and legislation coming in, which is actually what we're seeing now. And this is where a lot of the censorship's coming in. So we all want to say, yes, something like the international um, Humans Rights Act is a great thing, of course, you know, and, and we had a conservative, his name is Lawrence Phillips in Canada, put forward the an amendment to it, I believe, and it had already was going through its readings. And he in an interview said, this will give government, and then he corrected himself and said, uh, Parliament, the authority to prosecute human right violators. And why this was concerning and stood out to me is because while we understand we're speaking up for human rights and our human rights have been violated and, and our charter rights and all of these things these past few years, the media and the government have done an amazing job putting forward this narrative and campaign that we are actually the human right violators. So to see the prosecution and persecution of human right violators when we have been already labeled racists and bigots and misogynists and, and white nationalists, it's us they mean to target with these amendments. And so this was something that I saw very, very clearly during campaigning. And I went, ah, here it is. Here it is. 
here it is unfolding. This is the foreshadow of what is to come and the censorship. And, and then we will see the prosecution with these amendments coming in. And so um, it was very telling. It was very telling. And it wraps around to what we see happening. And and as well as as um, things like Bill C thirty six as mm -hmm. well, right? Mm -hmm. So we we see this. And for those who didn't watch, as you said, our previous podcast, it, I talked a lot about donut economics and the outer ring being the ecological ceiling, which is everything coming in under environmental regulations. The inner loop being the social foundation, which will be where we see equity, um, the the social programs, the anti hate, anti racism, all of that. But then there's this the spot between the two rings, and they call that the sweet spot. And that is the rewriting of our social contracts. That is the rewriting of all our legislation and the government's role and authority within your home. And they actually, Klaus Schwab is quoted in the Great Reset saying, sorry, writing, that this will be the rewriting of our personal rights with our social responsibilities. Mm. Where have we heard that before? Mm. Right? Like this is what the media had been saying all the like, you know, do be kind, do the right thing. This is about our social responsibilities and and you know, get the jab for this and and you know, stay home for that person and wear the mask for this. And you know, and and so it's that narrative that was being sown, sown, sown. And there it is. There it is. You can see it right in our new governing bodies for our donut economics and our circular economies, which is the new world standard of what is being adopted everywhere. Now we we're, we've all now you know those that are probably listening to this or watching this podcast are now of the mind that you know there is a being a, a pushed uh, agenda by the government by the governments and there's different layers to it and there's puppeteers at the very top and it trickles down. At what point do you see it it being where the line blurs into people who really believe that they're doing the right thing? Like there are people who I know that really just believe you got to wear a mask and get jabbed because it, it is the right thing. At what point, how high do you get like these groups that are attacking and doing undercover video and trying to shut down businesses and trying to um, set the, the stage for voter fraud and whatnot. At what point are those people doing things that many would call sort of immoral because they feel like, well, I've got to go against the law. I've got to do something shady here, like undercover video and whatnot, because it's the right thing. Or some of these yeah. groups, do you think, sort of funded and they know that they're uh, doing something nefarious and evil because they're on the side of pushing? Like, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, there's yes, there's a lot of psychological layers here. Like, mm -hmm. you're speaking to something again that is quite diverse and has a lot of layers to it. It's not one answer. And, and sometimes I see that as uh, people are looking for one answer as to what it is. And this is what I want to say the general public, they're innocent in this. Because they are conditioned perfectly. The the these billion dollar campaigns that targeted them through the media and, and through many years of programming and conditioning, they are the product of it. And for that, I hold them in grace. They do believe they're doing the right thing and they are passionate about it. We are the evil to them. We are the the racists and the bigots and the, the white misogynists and the white nationalists. And and we're we're doing these things, these great evils, and we're trying to su suppress others and discriminate against others they truly believe this to the point where they don't even hear the words coming out of our mouths because our words and our actions what do they speak towards what do our words and our actions actually build right not what are we labeled as 
not to, what is it seen as when, when they believe, when they take a truth. And I said this to you before you take a truth and you wrap it in silky lies, silky words, and you can manipulate that truth in any way you want. And that's what the media has been weaponized to do as well as the government. And so the, the mass majority of the public are innocent in this, but there are those whom are not there, there, there are funds put towards having those to come out like Antifa and those to come out and who are um, counter protesting and, and they, they are paid to be antagonists. And, and so they, they play a role in this. Are the majority of people this? No. Are the majority of people plants and infiltrators? No, because we also know that one of the biggest things that take down any movement is is that the seed of doubt that is sown from the inside and it brings down a movement from the inside out. Mm. It takes itself down because you plant those seeds of suspicion that everybody is an infiltrator and they are corrupted or they are planted or it is a, a um, an, an operation of some sort that then we pass that around and we become the instruments of that and we bring down the movement ourselves. So there, there are different layers of this, absolutely. But when you get to things like when you look and you see Agenda 2030 and Agenda 2040, then you actually read it, read these books and see what the World Economic Forum is working towards. When you hear their interviews and you see who their advisors are and you see what they're speaking to and telling what the big picture is, right out of their own mouths that's not conspiracy theory and they they are well aware when you look at somebody like justin trudeau you got to ask was he groomed for this position well absolutely he was but is he also aware of what he is doing absolutely he is what about christia freeland who sits on the board of trustees for the world economic forum who is also our deputy prime minister and finance minister she's actually on a higher level than justin trudeau is on the world scale of course, she's aware of what's going on when she went to Alberta and when they're signing over. And when you see what is happening all across Canada today, when you see when they went to Alberta and they signed over the land to, to, to protect it as land reserves to protect the caribou. Well, all the everything that's on that land from oil and gas industry to agriculture to any kind of farming and, and uh, sorry, livestock, if the government deems that a un fit use of the land because it's now protected land, it can be commandeered. But we're not only just seeing that there. I literally just done an interview of um, in from people in Newfoundland, Port-a-Port uh, Peninsula, where they have been standing for almost 30 days, blocking the road, protecting their watershed, because they have uh, developers up there without permits that have gone up there and have put up wind turbines or, or and put doing this and actively poisoning their watersheds and they do not have permits. So they're protecting their watershed. And in this, they've since discovered that a lot of the land has actually been sold off by their premier to these land developers for energy going to Germany. Now this land that's been sold off, these are their homes are on these lands. And it's now deemed green zones. And this is something that I talked about is in the Great Reset. They're going to be protecting the land. This is under that ecological ceiling. All this, this is the largest land transfer that we are going to see because we will own nothing and we will be happy. 
people are, and what, right here in the Cowichan Valley, when I got to be a part of the municipal elections and hear what the area directors were speaking about and the city councillors were talking about, in every single one of our official community plans, and I say to everybody, go to your own municipalities and look at what your OCP, official community plan is. Because written right in there, and these are hundreds of pages, written right in there are references to the World Economic Forum and the United Nations. This is where we are seeing the registering of uh, water wells. You know what's happening right here in the Cowichan Valley on Vancouver Island? Mm. They are so backlogged because people have to now register their, their water wells that they are so backlogged in getting their licensing to use their own well that they are not allowed to use it for agriculture or for watering their livestock. How is somebody who has livestock not going to water their livestock and they're being told you don't have your license? Well, it's backlogged. I have to water my livestock. So this is what is happening. And then we're seeing taxing with the inflation. So people are literally being taxed off their lands. And at the same time, what are we seeing? Well, enter stage right, the 15 minute cities, which we talked about this. They already talked about this. They said we would all live in these cities. They, I talked about how everything was going to be coming with the carbon calculators. You were going to be in your zone. The grocery stores are going to be shrinking down to convenience-sized stores. You and I spoke about this. Mm. We talked about how your environmental footprint, your carbon footprint would allow you to travel only so far, work so far, all of these things. These were what took place over the last few years were the pilot programs of it. And it was the conditioning for it. And so then what's going to happen is we're going to start seeing people say, I did my part for the environment. And they're going to have their selfie and they're going to say, I stayed in my 15 minute zone. And everybody else who's living oh. out in the country trying to be sovereign, they're going to be deemed. What did I say? What did Mr. Klaus Schwab's already say they're going to be deemed? The discontent. They will be environmental terrorists because they are going to be trying to be ecologically um, sovereign and living off the land. Mm. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. For someone, there's guaranteed there's someone listening to this who stumbled across this and they're like, oh, this is interesting, but they don't, they don't know. What the, the heck is she talking what about? What is <laughs> happening? <laughs> Who is this woman and the bald guy? Um, <laughs> can you, before we go any further, give me like a couple sentence, 50,000 foot view of what is happening. Like this is happening for this. Just to wrap some sort of, context around for the person right now who feels like they're losing their mind we are in the midst of the shift to a to globalization to we are changing everything from our municipal to our provincial to our federal laws we're changing it all to the globalization and so it is we are on the cusp of one of the biggest shifts in in, in in the history that we live in and will be a part of. This is a historical time because we are literally um, living through where they are completely changing the direction of the world. Why? Why? <sighs> I, I'm going to say that for many of the reasons that they've highlighted, but maybe perhaps not in the way that they've highlighted them. I'm going to say that through the overpopulation, we, many of us, we are, we are enslaved. 
whether we want to see it or not, whether we recognize it or not, we are, we are the fat, happy slaves. That's what we are. And so we keep this system going for them. We keep it going, but we have, they've, they've kept us fat and happy to a point now where it's like, it's not working the way we're moving and they've got to shift it. And so this is, this is about globalization, but this is changing the whole model. So now we can be a global citizen rather than these individual provinces, states. And, and as well, if you look at our personal rights, you look at these things, we are, we are being the clog in the wheel. We're slowing down the progression of where they are moving us forward towards. Um, this is, when you look at energy, when you look at all of these different things, they need to shift what they're doing. But in order for us to go along with it, because we're so connected in the world now, we're in a different time than we were 100 years ago, 500 years ago, because of technology. And so because of that, when you look at that, any time in history that they needed to relocate people or shift what was going on because they needed something or wanted something, you look at First Nations history. I, I shared this example previously. What happened? Well, you first impact the food system because you need to take the sovereignty away. You need to have reliance on the programs. Then, And so that is the affecting the, the buffalo, right? The slaughtering of the buffalo, moving the people to the reserves. That's the 15-minute smart cities. Then you have the Indian agents with their passes, and you couldn't leave to go hunt, fish, work, any of these things without your pass. Well, this is this is what the digital ID is going to be. When Then you gotta you got to recondition the people to the belief system so that's what our schools already do and they started that they knew that already in nazi germany with the gymnasiums they knew that you take the children you put them in government education and then you can be the main influence in the their minds in their beliefs in their values because there is this saying that he who holds the mind of the children holds the mind of the future right we know this this is what residential schools were also about it was this complete shift of the way we think the way we look and our perception so that we are conditioned towards being the fat happy slave right mm. we keep we keep the wheel going for them we run their their programs their their empires we build them for them and we run them and we work them we keep the system going because we are fully invested in it but you know i do want to say that knowing that, that also means that we can choose not to be a part of the system as it is. We build their systems, we run their systems, and we participate in their systems. But what if we were to build for ourselves? Because many people over these last few years, they've taken, they've, they've gone, what is the solution? Is it enough to wave a flag? Is it enough to honk for freedom? Is it enough to drive up and down these islands and across this country? Is it enough... Or do we need to do for ourselves because we see what is going on? Can we create our own networks? Can we create alternative education pods? Because we see what's happening, not just in, in uh, public school systems, but when the United Nations put forward a recommendation to consolidate all private education and homeschooling ed education under government education. So they're not gonna let anyone slip through the cracks. Okay, so there, there is alternative education pods. What about our food networks? 
where we have different uh, groups that have sprung up all across this country who are working towards food security and food sovereignty. There are those who are doing it off grid and community, but there are those who are doing it as markets and use it, creating that same network, but in a different way with different um, intentions at the core of it. Then we have things like, oh, our healthcare. Well, we see here in, in British Columbia what's going on with Bill 36. And for those who are not in British Columbia, we understand that they have taken 24 governing bodies, consolidated it down to six. They are dissolving those elected boards and putting government-appointed officials to sit on the boards. They will regulate our health officials from our dentists to our naturopaths to our surgeons to our general practitioners. And if they go against whatever the new health regulations are, so say they come out with uh, this um, medical procedure is mandatory, and they say, but this isn't in the best interest of my um, patient's health, or this goes against my medical expertise or education or experience, then they can be fined $200,000, six months imprisonment, seizure of their license and assets. This is happening and has already passed in British Columbia. This is just setting a, a precedence for all across Canada and the world. So when we see things like this happening, then we have those who are taking the initiative and have been. They've been letting go of their registration and licensing. However, Bill 36 already took that into account. And so anybody who went through a college of physicians or was registered or licensed can still be held accountable under this. So therefore, what do we say? Well, let's build our own. Let's build our own. So we are focusing on wellness. We are focusing on natural health. Those who are in the natural health field, because I have many friends who are granola crunchy people and have been for many years, for over 10 years now, they have already been talking about this assault on them, the censoring of natural remedies, the good books, everything getting pulled from the libraries and no longer being in production, as well as their websites being taken down. I myself had shared a post on Facebook about the use of bay leaves traditionally, and it was censored and I got a warning. Oh my God. So we're focusing on how can we find, we have amazing, brilliant minds saying, okay, we see where they're leading us. We know that we have built their systems. We have the expertise. We are capable individuals. And instead of continually doing this, we can do for ourselves and we can build for ourselves. We just need to know that we need to build a foundation now that the next generations can continue to build upon. But it doesn't stop there. There were those of us who ran in, in our municipal elections. We saw the way the systems worked. We've seen these official community plans. We continue to go to our open houses and we continue to go to our um, OCP meetings and, and our city council meetings and we our school board meetings and we're watching what's coming in and we're speaking out to it and we're, we're holding them accountable and we're asking for transparency. But we're also seeing where the flaws in the system are. So many people will have asked me, what are your political aspirations? And I say, I don't believe that my voice can exist in the political system. That is, it will be drowned out. And not only that, politicians, who are they accountable to? They are not obligated or accountable to their constituents. They actually have, uh, they are obligated and accountable to parliament. That is who they are. So right there, that's a flaw in the system because are they not meant to be the voices of the people they represent? 
Mm -hmm. Who's representing our voices? I actually had an amazing encounter and I want to share. I was in Duncan and there was an open house for the NDP party. There was Alistair McGregor and Jagmeet Singh were coming to this open house. You needed to RSVP online, open to everybody. Well, I got there a little early and I was live streaming and I had um, been speaking about it le leading up to telling people be respectful. This is an opportunity for respectful dialogue. We had a lot of things that I think that many constituents would like to speak to and ask in respectful way. Well, when it came time for me to go in, I was denied access. Even though there was a reservation under a certain corporation, there was a seat for me, they denied me access. And when I wow. inquired why, they said, because this is for the, the head of the party called and said that this is for those who are um, in, in a prudence or agreeance with the party. And I said, you don't know what I vote. You don't know what I stand for. You, you don't know that. I said, you are discriminating. You are profiling right now. And many people were now shoulder to shoulder with me who had reservations. And they were saying, you, you, and you, you could come in. You can come in, not you. Like, and they were the ones who would say, why isn't she allowed in? We want to hear this too. They would say, now you can't come in. It wow. was it was the most absurd thing I ever <sighs> saw. And I took it gracefully until I didn't. Until oh, no. I didn't. And, what did you do? And so, <laughs> what you do? So what happened was there was somebody holding the door open and they had their arms crossed the, the two gatekeepers and so the door couldn't close. And when Jag Meek came an hour and 15 minutes late and he was standing up at the front straight ahead of me, he started with, I want to tell you a story. And it came ripping out of me. And I said, we've had enough of your stories. We want the truth. And it created an uproar, not only inside, but outside. Somebody started swearing and charged the door at me. Everybody behind me kind of came in. And the people who didn't have RSVPs, who were politely and respectfully out there making their presence known. And it was a diverse crowd. Um, it created an uproar. Someone came out and, and actually almost got in a physical altercation with the person holding the door. He said, we're closing it. That's enough. I had to get between them, de-escalate it. The door closed. They went in, it was double pane glass. I was live streaming the whole thing. Inside, they started chanting, let her in, let her in. And they were like, if you're not gonna let her in, this guy who was swearing and charged the door, he needs to leave. He left. It was at a United Church. Finally, the pastor came and brought me and he said, Serena, through a side door. He was aware of who I was because he had seen my live stream the night before, apparently. But wow. obviously they were all aware of who I was because I had been denied access and profiled and discriminated against. So then what happened is he said, you come with me. And I said, I'm allowed in now. And he said, you can, you can be my special guest. And he walked me in and he stood with me. Well, as soon as it was done, Jagmeet, there were people standing up weeping. He was talking about recruiting. We're going to be recruiting new healthcare workers. And because of our this our system and what's going on and, and the state of our healthcare. And there were people weeping saying, let our nurses and doctors come back to work. Give them back their jobs. I knew three nurses sitting there in the audience and he didn't skip a beat. And he just kept going like a, like a, like a storyteller politician scripted. And when he was done, he didn't take one answer for, or question from the audience. Neither did Alistair McGregor. They both went out two different doors. Well, you know what? Serena Bear is, is somehow manages to be in the right place at the right time. Always. The next day, I went to the Duncan garage to get a cup of coffee, and I should look up, and who should I see standing two feet in front of me, turning to leave the, the coffee shop? Well, Mr. Jagmeet Singh. 
So I stepped forward and I, and he knew very well who I was. Wow. He knew very well who I was. And so I seen it as the creator saying, you will hear this woman's voice and you will have this conversation. And so I, we did, we had that conversation. I told him I was not impressed with the NDP party. They had profiled, discriminated and shown great bias and that I had been profiled and discriminated against and denied access to an open house. And I said, you're, I said, you are not hearing your constituents. At that moment, two women whom I don't know came up to me and they said, Serena, we want to thank you for all your work and everything you do. We want to thank you for your voice. And I said, you're welcome. They walked away and he was not impressed. And I looked at him and I said, you know what? I represent the voice of your constituents because you are not listening. You are not hearing us. And he, and I said, as somebody who's supposed to stand for inclusivity and diversity, the only diversity you want is diversity of skin color. You don't want diversity of thought and politics and medical autonomy. I said, and that is not diversity. And he, he just, he was so disingenuous and he just said, I'm sorry for what you went through. I have to go now. And he turned to walk away and I said, Jagmeet. And he looked back and I took a selfie and then he walked away. <laughs> but it was just, I was just the right place at the right time. Wow. Wow. Oh my God. Well, uh, <laughs> I just, so many emotions. You've just taken me on. You're such an incredible storyteller. I, I'm just on an emotional roller coaster. I'm, I'm excited for how you were in the right place at the right time, but I'm also just so heartbroken for, you know, when I was still on the radio, um, I interviewed Jagmeet was on our show several times. Mm. And this is before it was kind of exposed. He was like the cool young, he was in GQ magazine and he was sort of like, uh, you know, he'd, he'd come on the show and talk about his favorite new songs and artists. And like, it was kind of this cool. Yeah. Um, and it was before people really kind of realized who he was and he was kind of exposed. And I look back and I just, I cringe uh, thinking about those conversations that we had, but yeah. I'm so heartbroken that that's, that this but you is know Canada. What? We, and, and I hear you in that, but we got to take that heartbreak and we got to put that pain to some good use. My favorite mm -hmm. artist, Nako Bear, says that. He says, put that pain to some good use. And I've seen many amazing, brilliant minds do exactly that over these last couple of years. Like I said, with these health initiatives, with these um, educational pods, the, these food sovereignty programs. But not only that, now that I've had the opportunity to campaign and, and somehow have become somebody who's quite aware of what's happening um, to with the legislation coming in, I've seen that there are many, many people all across this nation who are paying attention what's happening on our school boards, what's happening in our city councils, what's happening in our municipalities, what's happening on a provincial level, and now are following also federally what's taking place. And we have formed these different councils that are now looking at holding accountable our, our systems as well as seeking for transparency. But not only that, we are creating the network because we are capable we are articulate. We are smart individuals who have built their systems for them and ran them. And now we will do this for ourselves because if they have perverted our systems and if they will not represent our voices and if they are not hearing us, we will hold them accountable to this while we build, while we create the skills and the tools that we need to support each other so that we can pay attention what's happening all across the board. Because as I said, I interviewed the ones in Port-a-Port um, -port, uh, Peninsula, Newfoundland to see what's happening there, but then to see and what's going on with their watersheds, but then to see what's happening in Alberta and the caribou, but then to see what's happening here with the water wells and so many other things. We don't know what's happening in 
in all the different municipalities? How many people have read their official community plans? How many know that their city councils have adopted donut economics or circular economy? And we are building that network so that we can make sure that we actually all know what's happening all across the board. And so these people, these amazing individuals who said, you know what? I will represent our people's voices. I will step forward and run for school board trustee. I will run for city council and area director and mayor. I will do this. These are the people who are now saying, okay, we will be a part of this network and building it because this, we will build for ourselves these parallels. We will take what has happened and we will put it to use because we are not just at the mercy and the whim of this. We are not victims to this. Everything I walked, I learned from. Why am I good at sitting in the hot seat? Because I've sat in the hot seat. I've had people try to bait me and goat me and, and, uh, and while doing it off the cuff. And when you know what you speak for and what you stand for, when you know that integrity and the truth, you, you can't be baited and goaded in that way. And these are the types of individuals who have been shaken loose from society. People with high moral compasses and standards who are saying, no, these systems are perverted and they don't represent me and my kind and my family. We will represent us. We will do for us and our communities. Well, I would vote for you for anything. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I didn't even care what the position was. <laughs> I just uh, respect you so much. I think you're so awesome. And uh, I always learn so much when we chat. What, what are the things um, that you're concerned about these days? Like even in the last few weeks. How about this? Yeah. Yesterday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's go there. <laughs> Do it. it, it must, yes. <laughs> so right now what we have is we have with our new healthcare system, the Ottawa has put forward 4.6, no, $46.2 billion proposal to be invested in healthcare. So this will this will top up the um, the Canadian health um, transfer. And so what happened is every um, premier of the provinces and territories of Canada, they all went back and they were looking at this. Well, Alberta and Saskatchewan, they said, no, we won't do this. We won't go ahead with digital ID. Okay, that's what they stipulated. They said they wouldn't do that. Mm. Now, they've. what happened is their representative has come forward for all the premiers of all the provinces and territories of Canada and have said, we have united in accepting the proposal, the $46.2 billion proposal that Ottawa has put forward. We are united. Okay, Who that's does that? Who, who says that? Oh, I don't have the name right in front of me. I don't it's have some, to it's right some person that represents is, all the can, premiers. Yeah, I believe there's a CTV article. I, it might be the from Saskatchewan. But anyways, mm -hmm. so what happened is they came forward and they're speaking on behalf of all of the premiers that they are united in accepting this proposal of $46.2 billion. However, there is a stipulation in accepting that. Okay, so in order for them to have access to this money, Ottawa had put in there in the proposal that they had to make a commitment to um, to a better uh, collection of data. So that includes how you share that health data, how you collect health data, how you use health data, okay? And that um, in order to access the money that they need to make that commitment. 
That is what is making way and opening the door for digital ID with our healthcare because they mm. have all now accepted the proposal. Not only that, there is also, um, and there's not a lot of highlight on this, and I found this interesting, was almost only briefly spoken about, but the funds, each premier gets to decide how the funds will be allocated towards healthcare. However, if it is shown that those that the funds and where they allocate them towards has not improved healthcare, the premier will be held um, accountable for that, the decision of where they allocated the funds towards, which sounds great. We go, oh, that sounds like accountability. That's a good thing. However, that also opens the door for co coercion and applied pressure to utilize certain, the funds towards certain areas, because now they will be held accountable if it's not showing a um, improvement in healthcare. So this is something that right now is a 10-year plan that we all need to be paying attention to because, as I said, they are united. Every premier from every province and territory is united in accepting Ottawa's proposal, even though Alberta and Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan initially said that they would not bring in digital ID. They, that is literally the stipulation, in, and that's not what they're calling it, but the, the patient's data for collecting usage and, and sorry, I don't have my notes right in front of me, but mm. that is exactly what it is. And then when you look at something like here on Vancouver Island, we have something called the safer community plan, and this has been tabled till the spring. And that's why people need to be paying attention what's going on in their municipalities and their provinces. So what that is, is this is for the police to have in the use increased of sorry, the increased use of technology. And with in in unison with community workers, healthcare workers during mental health crises. When we know that the RCMP had already come out last year and said that they had accessed our phones, our cameras and our microphones, but only people of interest, they had done this. They had come out and put this in a newspaper article, but you didn't see this everywhere, did you? That It's almost quietly came out. And so now with the safer community plans, this is a means to keep your community safer for the police to have um, extended use of technology with community workers. And if we remember what happened with Willow Rain in Vancouver with um, the child family services, mm -hmm. when they wanted to force her child into a medical procedure that she was not comfortable with and ended up being proven unnecessary they use the child family services so that's a community worker to force compliance okay when we see and and then calling it a mental health issue or mental health crisis when we see the college of physicians in ontario put out memorandums um, to all of their physicians saying that those who are vaccine hesitant should be um, dealt with as though they are, are having a mental health situation as well in the UK they did the same thing they are Jesus. setting a narrative they are seeding a narrative they are seeding oh a God. narrative and so when we see something like this and you can actually look at there is a document on the um I believe it is on the Canadian website and you can see there where it actually has all of these different categories on there from our vaccine status to our blood type and there are all these categories that at this time are not filled in those categories are on the form. And this is what, when you get stopped by a police officer, will be they will have access to your, your political standing, how you vote, 
all of these things, your marital status, all of these things, right? And, and not only that, so your vaccine status, why would the police need to know your vaccine status? There are a lot of things here that we need to be paying attention to because they are all interlinked. God, my God, I know all this. Well, most of it. Now but imagine just... for a minute though, kid, imagine <laughs> for a minute, you go outside your 15 minute zone. You've exceeded your carbon allowance because you're traveling outside of it as well. You've already traveled for work or, or a wedding or, and you ate a steak that week. So your, your carbon footprint's a little higher. And now you get stopped by the police. They bring up your digital ID and they want to know who you are, where you are and why you're out of your 15 minute zone. And let's keep in mind that in the UK, they are being fined, fined for being outside of their 15 minute zones. My God. Sorry, when I said I know all this already, I didn't mean to sound like a know-it-all. No, <laughs> what, no, no, please go I'm... ahead. I'm sorry, I get long-winded, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. No, 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 it was, what I meant was uh, just, I, I, you know, years ago, just piecing these sort of puzzles together or, or, or at least half the dots of what you're throwing out there, connecting the dots and, and thinking, wow, this is so wild and why doesn't anyone else see this? But to hear you just fully bring the dots together um, even though I, what I meant to say is even though I kind of know this, it still is having such an emotional impact on me hearing you say it because. Because these are real examples. These aren't yeah. movies. These are literally examples yeah. of what is taking place. Yeah. It, and, and to not see it is to willingly and consciously choose not to. Mm -hmm. It's, it's at this point, it's saying I can't deal with this. So therefore I refuse to acknowledge this. Yeah. Because it's happening. It's happening. It's right there in broad daylight for everybody to see. I'm not making this up. I'm not drawing dots or putting forward theories. These are literally the pieces of legislation coming in, literally from the books they written, literally from the interviews of what they told us they're moving us towards, literally. Can you tell us more about the 15-minute cities? I think that's still a new concept to a lot of people that aren't really actively pursuing all these Absolutely. subjects. Yeah. So for me, when everybody was, oh, the 15-minute cities, I kind of went, I thought that's what we've all been talking about for the past year. I, 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 For me, when I spoke about donut economics, I completely understand that this is exactly what they're going to be doing. We're go There is going to be no reason for us to leave. our Everything we need that they deem we need is going to be within 15 minutes of us. And this is going to be under the narrative of the ecological ceiling, again, back to donut economics and circular economy, saying that we're doing our part as good environmentalists. And so therefore, to save the planet, we stay within 15 minutes of our, our our 15 minute city so all the stores the big box office stores and our grocery stores and everything we need is going to be right there so when you go outside of your 15 minute city you're going to need special permission because you can be fined because now you are exceeding your carbon allowance right when we look at things like we talked about the carbon calculators on our credit cards and debits and things like that what they do is these carbon calculators not only are are calculating your carbon footprint, but they're also calculating the footprint of the items that you are buying. So if you go to, say, buy a steak, well, the carbon footprint's too high or something that was made, the ingredients used for it makes that uh, sit at a certain carbon footprint. Well, now, if you went outside your 15-minute 
allowance of your city, your carbon footprint has gone up. If you've bought petroleum, your carbon footprint has gone up, right? If, if you went to a wedding, if you went on vacation, if you traveled for work, your carbon footprint's up. So you go to buy that item that exceeds your carbon allowance, your transaction is denied. If you look at some places in Indonesia, they already have where you got to use your, your digital ID to buy your petroleum and you've already exceeded your petroleum allowance for that week, your access is denied for that transaction. So these 15-minute cities, well, I don't know. To me, it kind of sounds like a reservation. My ancestors have already been there. They weren't allowed off of their 15-minute city that, that we called, you know, the Indian agent needed to give you a pass. That's, that's what I see. This is just history repeating itself. Now this is for all people. And this is not really about protecting the environment. That's the excuse for just having all the power in the hands of a few. You know, I don't, I, I would recommend if people want to see where this is going, because if I speak it right now, it's going to sound absolutely absurd coming out of my mouth. So instead I will send you straight to the horse and you can hear it out of the horse's mouth. You go to YouTube and you look up Yuval Harari, Y-U-V-A-L, Yuval Harari. Can you he spell that one more time? Sorry. Why? Y-U-V-A-L. Harari. H-A-R-A-R-I, I believe. Yuval Harari. He is the top advisor to Klaus Schwab, the founder of the World oh, Economic Forum. Yes, yes. And yes. he has a video there. He has quite a few disturbing videos, but some of these disturbing videos speak about how he talks about in the future that what we are is we are hackable DNA. That's what we are. We are hackable DNA. So what that means is he talks about how we will be able to upload our consciousness. Okay. Upload that we will all be living in a metaverse and we will upload our consciousness. And I know that sounds absolutely absurd. You go hear these perversions that he speaks. You go hear them from him because I don't need to speak them. You let him speak them. But when you want to know why, why are they moving us to a 15-minute city? Why is everything synthetic? Why is all our food poisoning our bodies? Why is Big Pharma so invested in degrading our health? Why? Why is our, our immune systems being um, dismantled? Why are we doing mRNA technology and playing with our DNA? Why are we keeping people sick instead of making them healthy? Why are we um, attacking the food sources and sovereignty and moving everybody and corralling them into little cities? What are we moving towards? Mm. go hear from the horse's mouth what we're moving towards and we won't see it in our generation i don't believe but the next generations that that's for them what they're building it's not for us and what we're building it's not for us either mm. we are literally building the platform for the next generation they've already got theirs built and they're very they're very upfront about what they're building so mm -hmm. for those who are like wow she sounds like a raging conspiracy theorist i don't need to I don't need to theorize anything because they already told us they've done that work. They're, they're bold. They're bold. And they've told us. Well, if you think Serena sounds crazy, then just have it known that I'm, I'm a complete nut bar. Because <laughs> I've been, I mean, I'm already, I mean, here's how crazy I am. Maybe this will make you think that I'm crazy. I already think that they're whatever technology is dangled in front of us. Now, I think that we are 30 years at least. Absolutely. Already exists. So I do, I think that they are, don't don't turn the podcast off, but I already think they have uploaded consciousness. Absolutely. I think they've done it already. I think there are robots with consciousness, whatever, walking amongst us, and we probably interacted yeah. with one and didn't know it. Um, 
I think you know what was stuff. you know what was really big for investing in, but obviously not for the common folk like you and I, because we live a different reality. We're sold a completely different reality and consciousness. But they actually about five years ago, the top thing to invest in was actually um, reading uh, our brainwaves. Mm. technology that just reads your brainwaves. And and it's so it's able to, um, so when you go, oh, I was, I didn't even speak this out loud. And then my phone brought up an ad. Yes. And I was like, yeah, because they already have this technology that reads our brainwaves. And within the five past five years, I believe it is, I'm, I'm being safe there saying five years because I don't remember the exact date that I saw this, but you can actually go and research this, look this up and search it. And on any search engine, and you will see that you can actually invest in the technology. And they're saying that's the, that's the technology of the future is because it's already developed it reads our brain, our, our brain waves. Okay. Like yes. this is. I I know I, I believe it. I think it's in our phones already because I've experienced. It it's already of, fully being yes. utilized. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I will never forget the very first time it happened to me. And I, we had moved into a house out of a, out of an apartment building for the first time. And I felt this strange feeling like, wow, someone doesn't need a fob to break in and, and, and attack my family. Because someone could just come in through a window. And I remember thinking, how could I protect my family? And I was just quietly thinking to myself. And I thought, oh, well, I guess what I could do is I could buy a one of those construction site flashlights and have it beside my bed and turn it on and blind whoever the intruder was. And that would give me like 20 seconds to either attack them or grab my family in a run. And I swear to God, the next day I started getting ads. I didn't Google it. I didn't look it up. I started getting all these ads for world's brightest flashlight. And I thought, oh my God, that was the moment for me where I said, my phone is reading my mind. I didn't tell anyone. I didn't speak of it. And then I've talked to other people where this has happened to. And of course, everyone thinks it's a joke. Yeah, but, um, but if I'm they go you. and look, they can see that this technology already exists and has actively been invested in. This mm. was in over five years ago. It was where people were investing their money in because they understood that this was the technology of the future yeah. and it is fully being utilized. Not only that, I, I believe I mentioned last time I was on that they have pills that you take these, these pills and they interact, they're activated by the enzymes in your stomach. And what they do is they read your system so they can see if you've been compliant in taking your medication because they read your systems. There was um a talk at the most recent WEF um, uh, gathering, where they openly talk about how they will be reading your minds. Mm. I can't remember if the, you've, maybe you've seen it. If I find the link, I'll send it to you. But it basically has this whole video. They have a part of their presentation I didn't was, see it, but oh it, my God, it's so but crazy. But I found the research anyways, right? Yeah. Like I, I came across it a couple of yeah. years ago and I went, oh, wow, look at this. Yeah. Um, one of the other things they did in the Davos, um, one of these Davos conferences is they they had all the um, cell phone bigwigs there and they were talking about within the next five years they've already got the technology but we won't even be carrying smartphones because it'll be actively a part of our dna and embodied in our bodies <laughs> that, that they are that. yeah 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 i think it was nokia who said that i believe it was nokia yeah i saw that one it's so mm -hmm. crazy oh my god yeah. okay where uh, is this it, okay okay so Obviously, the people with, if we can get a little, I love that we're going down into crazy town, but actually it's not crazy town. 
It's, because what we're saying it is the I, whole picture. You can look it up. What you're actually saying, you can actually look this up from the WEF. Like yeah. they are, this is not crazy. And you um, can you can look it up from the WEF, or you could do any kind of general search, and using any search engine, and you can hmm. see that there are multiple platforms that actually are invested in this technology and and uh, for you to invest in it and, and investors to invest in the technology. So it is this, this is well-developed and already old news, actually. Do you believe in like who, uh, truth hidden in plain sight? Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. That's the best place to hide everything, right? right. They, they speak it to us. They tell us. And it's right there in plain sight. And that's why we sound like raging um, conspiracy theorists. And that's why they can use terms like that to, to discredit us because it's right there in front of us. But because of, like I said, you take a truth and you wrap it in silky words and you can manipulate people in whatever direction you want. And that's what they've done with the mass public. And mm. for that, like I said, that is why I hold them in grace. And it's interesting how a lot of that's done through Hollywood where, mm. so when you bring up something that's true, that's crazy, or it sounds crazy. Like people go, Oh my God, that's from a Hollywood movie. What are you even yeah. talking about? Um, for example, like when you just talked about uploading your consciousness to the cloud or to technology, I, I thought of that Netflix show that I watched. It was called Altered Carbon. Oh, yes. I saw that too. Yes. Oh. That was quite a few years ago. Yes. It I thought felt, of that one as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It felt like when you, the first time you ever saw the matrix, it just something hit home and it was like, this is truth. <laughs> Yesterday no? I was having a conversation with a friend and I said, I, I think I figured it out. Okay. This is what I've decided. Let us let them have their future they've designed. There are mm. so many people who are actively plugged into it. They want it. They're they're ready. Mm. They're geared. Victoria, Ottawa, all these Vancouver. They're all ready. They're like, plug me in. I want the biggest dazzling next best thing. I will upload whatever you tell me to. Let them. Let them go live in the cloud in the metaverse. And then we can live here and we mm. can prosper and we can have healthy bodies and immune systems and live off the land and, 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 and protect nature and our watersheds and all of these things. We can have food security. Let them go do that. But let us build for us. Mm. That's the way, you know, problem solved. Mm. You guys have your future. Let us have ours. Maybe it's a little idealistic. <laughs> do you think there's a point where they will, there will have to be as people, as the growing numbers of awake people, you know, as it happens, as people wake up um, and organizations that you are in contact with are are growing in numbers. Do you think there'll be a point where where the elites will just have to say, OK, we're splitting down the middle. We're not going to like the people who aren't jabbed now aren't getting it. So you got to just give up on those people. Will you just say you guys take this part of the land and we'll take this? Or do you think there will be what do you think it will come to at some point? Um. I'm going to, I'm going to be honest here because I, I want to be, I want to say things to inspire people and give people hope, but I don't run on hopium. Mm. Okay. And so what I want to say is they have invested far too much and for far too long into this. They're not just going to be like, okay, guys, all right, you're right. We never thought about that. Go ahead and live how you want. Like, oh, we are bad. You know, they're, they're too invested in this and they know they know what they're building towards because they've been building towards it for a very long time. I believe that we need to build for ourselves and we will need to continue to pivot. I do believe that 
we are just building the foundation of the future right now and that we need to build it properly and built with integrity because it needs to be a strong foundation because the next generations, they have a hell of a walk ahead of them and we need to mm. give them the best chance we can. That's what I see. I'm surprised and also, um, also really respect that you, that you haven't left the country already knowing what you know, because even a year ago, I was panicking and figuring out, do I take my kids and my wife to somewhere else? I know else? very well, kid, with all the legislation coming in and how the narrative has already been set. Like I said, the Canada Anti-Hate Network did a piece on me. They're already going to try to prosecute me at some point for everything I've spoken about. I know this. I know the risk I take for what I speak about and educate on. I know that I'm high profile now. I know the very fact that they knew who I was when I went to that NDP party and denied me access at the door. They knew who I was. The very fact that the next day when I saw Jagmeet, looked him in the eyes and called him out. I didn't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing. They know who I am. Okay. I'm small potatoes. There are people out there in the world who, who they call out a lot of things. But with the legislation we're bringing in and if it continues to move forward at the rate it is, if we can't implement the change, we need to still constructively continue to work towards it and be as effective as we can with every word and action we take. We need to also be proactive in what we are building because I know with everything they are building in, it is meant to bring down a voice like me because it's not personal. It's the truth I carry is too powerful. And so you take down the one who carries the truth. And so I know that I am perfectly positioned to be prosecuted in many ways with everything they are bringing in. But I also know that there are a few loopholes because many of these different things they bring in, um, those who are status card uh, Indians, if you will, are exempt from certain things like the Indian Act or the emergency, or sorry, the, because of the Indian Act with the Emergency Act and as well the Emergency Economic Measures Order and Regulations, status Indians were exempt from that. So I know that that also makes me a little bit more of a threat being that I am First Nations or an Indian, if you will, whatever term we want to use. The fact that I am exempt from certain things makes it also harder to call me a racist, also makes it harder to call me a white nationalist. Because I'm a matriarch, it also makes it a little harder to call me a misogynist. And because I am educated on these things and I'm articulate, it makes my voice a little more dangerous. I understand the risk I take in what I do, but I also understand where my ancestors walked and I will not let that be what my children inherit as their future. I worked too hard in this life to build for my family and my next generations. And I will give everything I've got to leave something for my next generations. Are you crying? Because I am. Yeah. Um... yeah, because that's that's what this is about, mm. right? That's what this is about. That's what mm. we're doing. And for those who don't understand and the way we've been painted and they don't understand why we're doing what we're doing, why we speak about what we speak about, why we're educating ourselves, why we take these risks. I want to be ostracized from society. I want to lose all my friends and my family. 
my respect in my community, not just my community here, but the First Nations community. I've been persecuted from every community across Canada. And I don't care because I know the truth I carry. And I owe that to my next generations because they're depending upon me and what I build and lay for them now. What we are doing are the seeds of the future. And we have to give them the best chance that they have because they have been working towards this plan for a very long time, a very long time. Thank you. I want to say thank you. Thank you for what you're doing and giving voice to those who have a message to share. You have a diverse platform and what you do is instrumental in getting this out there so that others can be a part of these networks that we need to build. Because we are all one and we're all building it together in different ways. Mm. We all hold a piece of that puzzle, but when we come together, the puzzle pieces need to fit together seamlessly because this is our chance right now, right here in every word and action we take and speak, it needs to be effective. Well, I hope this isn't the interview that gets me to platformed. Is that a thing on Spotify? I hope not. <laughs> Oh my God. Oh, you are just the best. I'm so inspired by you. Oh my God. Oh, I think that I just, every episode should just be me. That's my whole new podcast. I just interview you over and over and over again. <laughs> every episode. <laughs> oh. oh my God. I'm all choked up and ah, oh, you're the best. You're the Thank best. You. I mean, uh, I'm glad, I'm so glad you texted me and said, "Hey, I got some fire to spit." <laughs> oh, I, I can't wait till the next the next. I was uh, pretty bold, wasn't I? I was like, "Hey, <laughs> I got something to say." I love no, it. I, oh. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm I'm. <sighs> we're on the cusp of something again, and and I can feel that, and I know that, and people need to remember why we're doing what we're doing, and they need to remember that we don't have time. We don't have time to play around. We don't have time for drama. We don't have time to be the instruments of doubt and, and conspiracy theories and go down rabbit holes. Yes, educate ourselves and then discern what is a distraction and what is knowledge that we can utilize for what we're building. We don't have time to be tearing each other down. And, and we don't, as well, we got to remember that we, we tote more than slogans. How are our words and our actions actually building towards what we say we stand for? That's what I want to see. Yeah. That's what I want to see. Enough talk. We must be more than that which we call out. And I want to see that kind of integrity from people. We must all hold ourselves accountable now because the future depends upon us. And we must carry that future well. And we need to do that today. We don't have time for our egos. We don't have time for our own wills. We don't have time for to want fame and to chase clout and all of these things. We don't have time for that. And if that's people's motivation, then get the hell out of the way. 
because the rest of us have some work to do. Mm -hmm. I don't play high school and I don't run in circles that play high school. I don't have time for that. That's who I am. Before we go, can we touch quickly on some of the things happening in the last week? Like the UFOs and the the, <laughs> the the Chinese spy balloons. And when you see stories about like that. How about the train derailments um, outside of Houston? Now I heard that there's even more. There's all of a sudden all these trains just being derailed and the Ohio River is being contaminated with vinyl chloride. Is that what it yeah. is? What and do you think of this? creating air quality issues. Well... There was a reporter who was reporting on it and asking questions and got arrested. So I got to ask, what are they trying to distract from? I, I do believe they probably are poisoning the water and the air quality is probably being um, affected. But what's really going on, um, I would say, probably isn't being reported on. Um, the air balloons, I, I feel there's some distractions going on here. I feel there's there 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 you take a truth and you wrap it in silky um dramatizations and words and you steer the public how you want. And so I'm not going I I'm taking note. But when they tell you to look left, I also look right. Mm. So I'm I'm not going to be at the whim of what the media or anything else shows us. I will take note and I will continue to do my research and I will continue to pay attention everywhere. And I will continue to build and do what we're doing because there are a lot of distractions. There are, but we need to be able to discern for ourselves, which are real, which are not. I know a lot of people, my viewers in the States are saying there's a lot going on down there around this and the water and the air quality and what's happening. It's, and it's, it's, it's absolutely ludicrous what's going on and more train derailments. It's like, mm. so mm. there is something going on. These air balloons over Michigan and Lake Huron and over Canada and the U S there near the border and being shot down. Um, something strange is going on. That's for sure. I, I did hear mm. one theory. And so let's leave us with a smile. Maybe okay. um, somebody said um, February 19th is take us to your leader day. So <laughs> is it really oh, great? That's coming up. <laughs> so they're, they're, oh. you know, like I said, we, we don't have to go down every rabbit hole. Yeah. We don't yeah. have to, we got to remember what's important and we got to ask, okay, is that a, is that going to affect what we're building? Is that going to be something we need to pivot around? Right? Like what is actually effective to know and and or is it something you just kind of you you take note and you put it aside and you come back to it when it's relevant right there right. there is so much here that needs that that we need to be paying attention to and that's why we need the networks that's why we need the networks so that people are paying attention what's happening in their municipalities in their communities on their city councils what's happening there and then we can see all across the board what's happening at all city councils unanimously right mm. and um, what's happening in each municipality what they're bringing forward what they're calling them oh they're doing that in newfoundland while well, they're doing that on vancouver island too right like oh and and they're also doing that in northern alberta right they call it here they call it this and there they're calling it that but it's all part of Agenda 2030 and Agenda 2040. Mm, mm. Oh, boy. That's what oh. I'm going to say. Pay attention. Pay attention. Be effective. And we don't have time for the distractions. We don't have time to tear each other down. What we put our time and our use towards, make it as effective as possible. Let's be efficient with our time. You're the best. 
Thank you for having me. I'll have my cell phone clenched to my chest, waiting with bated breath for your next message to come through. <laughs> saying, saying that I'm ready to spit. It's <laughs> an honor. The, she's the freedom bear. And how do people get in touch with you? Um, I am on Facebook, uh, Serena Freedom Bear, or I'm on Instagram and TikTok, all under Serena Freedom Bear. But you can also email me, Serena Freedom Bear at protonmail.com. Amazing. You're the greatest. We'll talk to you soon. Enjoy your day. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye.